1: Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 210 and video episode number 36 of Music Is Not a Genre. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other interesting info and connect it to things out in the the other music and in the real world and to my music uh, before we get into this week's topic, a couple housekeeping notes. If you like what you're watching, if you like uh, any of the music I'm discussing, if you like my other podcasts about music ideas connected to real life, if you like any of the concerts I do, whether it's solo or with my special guests or with Katherine Lynn, if you like any of the recorded music that I post here, please take a moment and subscribe. Please take a moment and subscribe. It would mean a whole lot to me. I'd love for you to be part of this family, part of this team. I'd love to hear from you and to get to know what you think about any of this and or if you think uh, someone else might like any of this uh please share the link to either one of the videos this video another video or to the page itself um spread the word please uh, let's help bring more people into this because as always conversation and connection that's my objective here Uh, and thank you for you know watching either way second housekeeping note i am wearing a shirt that says 100 percent and it's from a company called Snurk Shirts by Feek, which is a company um, that uh, I founded with my partner, Catherine Lin. And uh, it features Feek, a character I created a long time ago, shouting phrases that are weird and goofy and funny, may have a little punch, uh, punch in them, uh, a little oomph, uh, they're insouciant. Um, and there, and we, uh, have a website, snarkshirtsbyfeek.com. We have several shirts in several colors with several phrases. Please, if you have a moment, I'll put the link, uh, underneath, uh, please check out the website, see if there's a shirt you might like. Um, it's actually a great idea for a holiday gift or a birthday gift because not many people know about this company yet. So you will be surprising anybody with this kind of sense of humor or zest for life. Uh, With a gift that they will have never seen before, and I guarantee you they're going to love it. So, uh, thank you for that as well. Uh, So, this week, the topic is appropriation, adaptation, homage, integration. Or, how you steal makes a huge difference. So, I looked through my, you know, setup over here, my catalog, collection, And I've been, you know, it's getting down to the wire where I'm seeing the same LPs over and over and over. And I'm passing by some of them because you gotta be ready to talk about whatever you're talking about before you jump right into it, right? So um, something popped into my head based on another conversation this week. And then I saw this, Paul Simon's Graceland, and the two things just came together. Um, there's an idea in music which actually doesn't come from music it comes from, I believe it was, uh, it's attributed uh, often to uh, Igor Stravinsky, so music um, Picasso David Bowie even Steve Jobs, which is good artists borrow, great artists steal, right and there's different versions of it in the whole thing and the thing is anybody who creates who who is really in touch with their creation, has been doing it a while is honest about their creation, um, it's an open secret. Everybody knows this, you know. So, and what it's saying is that nothing that anyone creates comes out of a black hole. It's connected to the world in some way. It's connected to their experience and their experience includes, you know, other music or other works of art or other, you know, technology or whatever it is. and. Uh, in, in, in any of those cases even other you know, modes of conversation or things that you're saying that you might have heard someone else say So and, and, and the point of, of all of this is that there's a way to do it and a way not to do it so let's, let's go over some examples some musicians um, wear their influences broadly on their sleeve like uh, Oasis, uh, Re, The Beatles or uh, Janelle Monet and Prince right? Um, although she does a bunch of other things too, uh, others kind of not just naturally or through experience take a more subtle approach. So early in an artist's career, either either through you know uh, necessity or love, they generally are going to adapt an artist that they that they connect with. That's how they kind of get their start until they find their own voice. But even later on, like for, here's a perfect example. Like early on, uh, Bowie, you know, you can hear a lot of Beatles in what he does, right? Or um, more recently, Greta Van Fleet with Led Zeppelin, which, you know, I haven't listened enough to it and I'm sure a lot of it's great. But, you know, if they're talented, which they are to some degree, but if they're even more talented than that, if they have legs, longevity, they're going to find their voice even more so than just sounding like Led Zeppelin, and I—more power to them. I hope they do, you know. And to to do that point, as artists develop, that's what happens, you know. If they if they keep at it, it's inevitable that no that what you do becomes more and more you. You find your voice more and more until your influences are just so weaved together that you might hear a little pop of, you know. Uh, a beatles influence here or a nirvana influence there or a prince influence there but in general the overall impression and creation is is just them it's so them right and and again so let's get back to the to this main point if someone there's different ways of stealing right so there's just flat out theft like fully just lifting a song or an idea or an entire melody or or set of lyrics or, you know, even an arrangement, frankly, in a lot of ways. Uh, And making it your own without credit, without compensation. Um, No, that's no good, right? And we know it's happened a lot in music history, especially to uh, artists of color and and people who come from, you know, minority communities, poorer poorer communities, who are less privileged in some way, taken advantage of, right? Um, if someone so no right so if some, but if someone's doing original music, uh, but of a way of a, of a way that's say, cashing in on another person's style, you know, or substance, or another group's hard work, they're basically co-opting that sound. Even if they're writing different, you know, that that, that so that's legal but I don't think it's ethical and I don't think it's honestly very artistic. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I think it's kind of shitty, honestly. So like those two ways to me of stealing, mm -mm, right? And the thing is that second one, it's everywhere. You will hear songs that sound so much like other songs and, and if, and this is the third way, if that artist or creator gives credit to their influence credit to their inspiration whether they're doing a cover of a song obviously they're going to give credit and damn well better compensation or a song of their own like freaking one like a couple years ago when Janelle Monáe put out that album and this one song sounded so much like Prince she was very open about she fucking loved Prince she worked with him. like she you know that to me is awesome right So that's where it goes from trying to claim something as your own and keep it all for yourself and say that this didn't come from anywhere or giving credit where credit is due, whether that is just through, you know, words and name checking, uh, either an artist or a style, uh, or, and if it's a song you're using compensation as well, right? Or at least, you know, give a shout out, uh, if it's not a song that you're covering, you know? then but then there's a fourth way there's in a, there's even a, a in, in another way that goes beyond all of that and that to me is uh, it's the integration so it was what what were the four which I wrote this appropriation no Adap- adaptation depends how you do it right homage yeah absolutely and then integration is what this is all about right so a friend of mine mentioned years ago when this, not when this came out, maybe a few years after it, it was like, oh, Peter Gabriel did the whole, you know, African music influence thing long before Paul Simon did. And, yeah, you know, so did Talking Heads, right? So that's true. Um, I don't think it's relevant because it doesn't matter who does something first. If somebody does it well, they do it well, Right. Uh, In this case, though, and it may have happened, I think it did happen with Talking Heads in particular, I don't know about Peter Gabriel, but the the step Paul Simon took that was further is that he integrated the actual musicians themselves into the work he was doing. So if you don't know about Graceland, it was his hugest album, his huge hit, and that was after a career of huge hits with Simon and Garfunkel and huge solo hits in the 70s, and, um, you know... Uh, early 80s, maybe, I don't know that well. And then uh, some hits fo- even following this, um, this just blew up. And it was because everything about it was great, the music, the lyrics, but it was also because he not only took a style uh African drumming and harmonies, amazing harmonies, But he and incorporated. But he also incorporated the 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 band themselves, Ladysmith Black Mambazo, who by them were already legends because they had been around since the '60s, um, and used them. He worked with them, toured with, did shows with them, and things like that, and compensated them. Right. So I mean, hugely important. And that and that to me is not just not bad. I think it's great because I think the more connections you make between different kinds of music, the more you make connections between people and between areas of the world and the more you blur the lines that don't exist anyway the lines for you know types of people and and cultures or the lines for so-called you know genres music is not a genre right and that's something that he did you know in various ways throughout his career but especially with this right and i think it's It's the kind of flip side of cultural appropriation where that's kind of that second way I was saying where you're adapting something from another artist, whether it's complete appropriation, lifting of a song and not giving credit or money, or you're taking a style that someone else worked hard at developing and claiming it as your own with absolutely no mention of where you got it from is, is no good this is the flip side of that. This is if you're going to do it, you know, if you're going to work with different different cultures and different types of music, uh, do it this way, right? That's, and which, you know, is anyway, that's my opinion is all of this is, right? So um, when I started writing songs, I did the same thing artists do. I used my favorite artists as templates. There was uh, a lot of, you could hear Beatles straight up and down what I was doing. You could hear Prince as a song I did, that is all I need. That was kind of a let's go crazy, meshed with punk, meshed with techno, and, and, you know, but it was a very clear, like, to me anyway, right? Uh, I did a big ballad, too long, um, which was huge. That was the name. That was not the length. Uh, it sounded like Chicago or sounded like power ballads of the day and I knew I was doing that I was trying to create music that was like that music and as good as that right or I I had more moodier songs that were more a- ambient and ethereal like the cure. I had songs that were more kind of blunt and in your face um, But in a direct personal way like the the violent Femmes, or a little humor and stuff like that and as I developed I enmeshed all of those influences Amassed way more dozens and dozens of other influences, hundreds and things that you know. As a musician, you hear something if you like it, it immediately pops in your head and never forget it. Even if you forget where it came from, it's going to come out in a song eventually when you do it in one way or another. And I, and and so again, the end result doesn't become uh, an appropriation or or this is me sounding like such and such. It's all it's it's the most me that I can be as an artist, right? Uh, you know, the, but if you listen closely, and I do, I have to, you can hear the influences. And not only that, I actually get a kick out of playing a song for somebody and saying, you hear that phrase, uh, phrasing or phrase itself? I got that from this song, from this artist. Or you hear, you know, the way that I tone the guitar or how I'm playing the bass. I got that from this, you know. And because, again, credit where credit is due, but also to point out the idea that so what? the song that's created, the music that's created is original and it's and it's unique. It's built on something. And and I, and I love creating music that's built on many, 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 many different things, right? Um, even if you may not hear it. But the song I'm sharing this week, I think you're going to hear the influence. It's a song on uh, my band Rex forthcoming EP done in conjunction with the band America UK called um, Symphony for the Weird. It's the th- third in a series of EPs I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a fourth EP in a month or two, and then a full-length rec album uh, by The Holidays is 2020. Uh, And this song is, it's a a song called No Way Out For Me. And of course, the link's there at the bottom uh, of the text. And you're gonna hear, I think, you're gonna hear a very clear like White Stripes and Lenny Kravitz mashup influence. You may hear a bunch of other things too, because I wasn't necessarily thinking of those bands when I wrote it. But as far as a blatant like, let me give you a song of mine that shows how, you know, there's a way to adapt and pay homage to something, to integrate something that that works, that's still original, I think it's a perfect example. Um, and as far as this album goes. You know, uh, the song Graceland and you can, and the other song You Can Call Me Out and Through My Head, you know, even as I talk. Um, and if you don't know the album, pick it up and listen to it. It's it's amazing. It's a great entry into Paul Simon himself, even though it's in some ways different from the things he's done. It has a lot of links to the things that he did throughout his career. Um, if you don't know it, I don't know how you couldn't know it unless you're a very young person who doesn't know the history. Um do you remember it? Do you like it? Do you like Paul Simon? Do you like any of his, his of his eras? Did, did you prefer this? Or did you prefer his Simon and Garfunkel? Or his like uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover era, you know? Um, what are your whole thoughts on this idea of stealing, of appropriation, of of creating music from other music, or art from other art, or anything from other anything, you know? Uh, can you Do you understand the differences I'm talking about? Do you agree or disagree with the differences I'm talking about? Discuss, damn it, because that's my whole point, other than sharing music, is conversation and connection. Thank you so much, as always, for watching, for listening, for clicking, for sharing, for subscribing. Uh, and I will see you... Uh, I'm off next week. I'll see you in two weeks. Take care.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.